Welcome to 12-Man Raid, the Azeroth Fantasy Football League podcast. This week, I will quickly give an overview of the league, as well as give a review of each team's draft and assign a grade. Finally, I will end with some preseason awards. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, and welcome to 12-Man Raid. This is our first podcast right after the draft we just did, so thank you for listening. Before we get into the draft review, I just want to quickly go over the league uh, rules or what we have. So we have one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, no kicker, no defense, and six bench slots. When I do the review... I'm mainly going to focus on the starting uh, positions, um, but I will talk about depth as part of the the grading potential. And, oh, well, I almost forgot. We do have a special guest this week. I'm sorry. Um, We have a co-host, Anda. Uh, Anda, do you want to say hello? Hello. Now, I know you didn't want to join the league. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... What is it that you wanted to come on the show and share with its participants then? One thing football did for young American men, particularly the elite, was provide to them a way to prove their masculinity and physical prowess. The U.S. had been slaughtering natives their entire lives, but they had had no formal war in their lifetimes. Football was a stand-in, and media commentary depicted football games in warlike terms to highlight the brutality of the game. It still does. So I'd suggest... Fantasy football does something similar for the modern obese, estrogen-laden American man. Neither smart nor tough enough to play football, fantasy football allows them to LARP as a coach, a GM, or a player. And adequate in all facets of life, playing with what is essentially a virtual dollhouse, grown men are able to each week game plan, bench players for poor performances, but not rape charges, and in general forget for a day that their lives are absolutely nothing like what they had imagined they might be. Instead, their existence is synonymous to the large pocket in every unopened bag of game day potato chip. Hollow, disappointing, and hated by everyone. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And I'm sure we will all keep that in mind. Uh, That being said, let's move on with our draft review. So for each team, when I do a draft review, I'm going to give them a grade at the end. Um, And the grades that are possible are based on the World of Warcraft quality system. So you can, from bottom to top, you can have a grade of poor, which is the worst possible grade. Um, Common, which means the team is strong in the first couple of rounds, but it quickly starts to unravel and uh, does not have much depth. Uncommon, uh, which would be green. The team has some clear strengths and clear weaknesses. Um, Rare which is blue. The team looks very strong, but it does have a clear issue or two. And then finally, the best grade, which would be purple, epic, an incredibly strong team with little to no weakness. And I'm going to start the review with reverse draft order, um, just for ease of looking at the draft board. 
Um, so we're going to start right off the bat with Maycorn's team. I would say looking at Maycorn's team right at the top, um, I do like Travis Kelsey and Jamar Chase. And I think even though it says Kelsey was drafted in the first, he did have the last pick, so they're back to back. Um, I also do like his Lamar Jackson and ETN pick, which were his next two rounds. Um, I think all those players are very strong. Um, but I do think reaching for Jackson hurt him with depth in the long run because in the fifth, his second starting running back um, is Elijah Mitchell, who last year had a lot of injury concerns. And I know this year in camp still has injury concerns. And then his next wide receiver to go with Jamar Chase was uh, Chris Godwin, who I don't believe will be even starting week one because um, he's still trying to get better. Um, he did get Devonta Smith, and he had some good death pieces in the rookies, uh, Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks. Um, he also got some nice dart throw rookies with Algier and Isaiah Spiller, at running, uh, both of them at running back. And I, I don't think that these are bad picks, but I don't like them in a bunch just because you have a lot of unknown going into a team that uh, kind of needs depth with players like Mitchell and Godwin. So overall, I gave Maycorn a poor slash common because I think worst case scenario, this team ends up poor. And I still think even best case scenario, it ends up common. If this was a piece of gear in the game, uh, it would get auto sold to the vendor if you had an add on for that. Um, now, for each team, I also wanted to end with something nice to say. So. I added a line of if that team wins, why they would win. So why Maycorn will win would be because God has a sense of humor and he enjoys tormenting us. Um, Anda, do you see any problems with his team? The problem is that they have no idea what they're doing. Okay, I, I would agree with that. Moving on to the next one, after Maycorn with the 11th pick was Bean, um, who's night town in the league. Right off the bat, the pair of running backs I like. He went uh, DeAndre Swift in the first, Alvin Kamara in the second, and then he followed that up with two good receiver picks in Michael Pittman and DJ Moore. I think both Michael Pittman and DJ Moore will be strong receivers, uh, maybe not top 12 at both of them but getting the value from them in the rounds three and four is really good the only problem with these receivers is that they've always shown potential to be very good but they haven't quite proved it yet but that's also the same reason why you got them in the third and fourth so I do, I do like them um, for his third running back he got Brees Hall and then he followed that up with Allen Robinson. So the first six rounds of Bean's draft was really strong to me. Um, and I started my grade being very high for him. Um, but as we move through the rounds with Brandon Ayuk, Kareem Hunt, um, Kenneth Walker, and then Robert Woods, I just started to see kind of the lack of playmakers that I would want to see in those picks. And it, it just to me looks like a good not great team of solid contributors but not a lot of big play guys um he does have one of my favorite picks in the draft who i actually wanted myself which is david and joku 
Um, he got him in the 13th, um, right before he got his quarterback in the last round to Matt Ryan. David Njoku, I think, could be a sneaky good tight end to have um, just because his quarterback this year, Jacoby Brissett, really likes to target the tight end. And I know when Jacoby Brissett has started in the past, he's usually had a pretty good contributor at tight end. So that was really good value. Um, but I didn't like that he picked Mike Gusecki as a tight end as well, um, especially because I think he needed a bit more flash for his team so at the end of the day i give bean a very solid uncommon grade almost a rare um, but as uncommon if he was a piece of gear um, if this draft was a piece of gear in the game it would be really good leveling gear that you would wear for a while and why he will win the league is because he will probably end up just picking up a league winner from waivers during week one um, because that's really all this team needs uh, to put it over the top. All right. Moving on to the pick after Bean is Mike or Luke Sato in the league. For Mike's team, like the other teams before it, the first couple picks I think are, are good um, just because the first rounds have kind of not uh, can't miss players. Justin Jefferson, I think, will end the year as a wide receiver one. Um, overall in the league. I think he's very, very good. I think Kirk Cousins is slightly underrated, and I still think Adam Thielen has enough in the tank that um, Jefferson will get favorable matchups um, and just alongside the regression that will come from Cooper Cup, I think Jefferson is a really strong contender to, to be the first receiver off the board even, and Mike got him 10th overall. He also picked one of my favorite running backs going in, which is Saquon Barkley. Barkley has been hurt the last couple of years, but when he's been playing, he's very good and a top running back. Him falling into the second here with players like Swift and Kamara going before him, um, I think it's a great value that Mike got. Um, and if Saquon Barkley hits, it will be like he has a top three uh, running back. Um for his third pick, he picked Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts is a lot like the running backs I was talking about, or excuse me, the wide receivers I was talking about on Night, uh, Night Town's team, in just that we've only seen a little bit of production from him, and he has the potential to be a top player, but I still think there's quite a, quite a leap between Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and then Kyle Pitts, personally. Um, and I don't know if taking Pitts in the third is too high, but with the draft position that Mike had, I don't think taking Pitts was really the, the pick. I, I would much rather have someone like Michael Pittman or Travis Etienne um, that the two after him got. Um, after that, he follows it up with Terry McLaurin, Kyler Murray, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then Rashad Penny. I think these picks are fine, um, but drafting Kyler Murray in the fifth, again, is just starting to move away from having depth early, especially with a player like Saquon Barkley, and then taking a risk with Kyle Pitts taking the next step. Um, trying to get a top quarterback there without shoring up your team uh, when you have a weakness like that, I think can end up rough. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could be a great pick, but 
the sentiment going in is that it's kind of his job to win back. So we, Mike will have to be watching Chiefs games, hoping uh, Edwards Hoare gets off to a nice start, or he could be uh, benched this year or become the second running back on his own team. Rashad Penny to me is an interesting player in that uh, he is really good every time he plays, but this will be a sixth year in the league. And I, I think last year was the first time that he had really any sustained games um, because he gets hurt so often. So on top of that, Seattle was a much better team last year with Russell Wilson. And this year they're in contention for the first overall pick. Um, Bad teams usually don't run the ball. Um, They throw because they're behind. On top of that, Rashad Penny doesn't really catch that many passes. So I think all of that stacked against him. Um, it could be rough having Penny. And then after that, Mike took Rashad Stevenson, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet as a backup to Kyle Pitts, um, and then picked up a couple wide receivers in Devontae Parker, Galladay, and finished it out with um, Mark Ingram, the backup in New Orleans, and then finally Justin Fields. All of these have the same problem that basically was happening after the Kyle Pitts pick in that these players are high risk. They've done it before players, but all of them have a very clear problem, which makes them drop. And I think putting them all together is really, really risky. Um, I'm not going to go through every single one because I've been talking about Mike's team for a while. Um, But I would say my favorite out of all of these picks would be Ramondre Stevenson. I think if anything could bring his team up, and especially if Barkley hits, having Barkley and Stevenson both playing well would have a really strong running back core. Um, I also do really like Cole Komet. Um, and I think if that Pitts pick could have been Michael Pittman or Travis Etienne, this team would look really strong just because Cole Komet is a startable tight end. Um, and picking him here while having Pitts it, it just makes it so you can't really play him. Um, so at the end of the day, I gave Mike's team a solid common grade. And if it was a piece of gear in the game, it's a unique transmog at at the very least. Um, you're, you're not really wearing this gear for a boost. Um, but you are happy that you got it. Um, and why his team will win is because while there's gold and gambling involved, and we all know that that is Mike's forte. So, all right, moving on to the next one is Zorbis. Um, I really liked Zorbis team, Zorbis's team in the first five picks, especially Um, his first pick. uh, He was pick nine. His first pick was Joe Mixon. Then he followed that up with Stefan Diggs, um, the wide receiver. He took Justin Herbert in the third, um, which I'm always against picking QBs high. But out of all the QBs going high, I liked Herbert the most. Um, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen both went in the second. So getting Herbert um, at the end of the third, I think, is fine. If you want to pick a quarterback high, that that would be the one that I would take. And then he got T. Higgins, who I think is uh, pretty underrated for being on the same team as Jamar Chase. And typically wide receivers in their second year break out, um, start breaking out. 
and that would be what Jamar Chase would be doing. However, Jamar Chase broke out as a rookie, and I think because of that, he'll see a lot more attention this year, and I think that could open things up for Higgins, who really ended the year super hot last year um, and looked really good in the playoffs as well. So I kind of like targeting players that look good toward the end of the season um, and not just on an overall season points standpoint. And T. Higgins is one of those guys. Um, another guy that did that that I also really like is A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon, in terms of a fifth-round running back, going around uh, other players like Elijah Mitchell, Brees Hall, um, Josh Jacobs, A.J. Dillon has the biggest potential to become a league-winning running back in that if Aaron Jones gets hurt, A.J. Dillon will have all of the work for the Packers. I'm not even sure who they have behind A.J. Dillon. I think it's a rookie. Um, I'd have to look. Um, but when A.J. Dillon runs the ball, he legit reminds me of Derrick Henry. Um, and he's so good that they will. the Packers will put both him and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time. So I think his stock is rising. And if anything should happen to Aaron Jones or they get into games where they are blowing people out, I think A.J. Dillon is going to eat. Now, where this draft starts to fall apart a little for me is his next pick, which was in the sixth round. He picked Dallas Goddard. Um, this is a kind of a swing for the fences tight end. And my draft philosophy is if I'm not taking a tight end in the first or second and a Kelsey or an Andrews, I would much rather wait till the end because um, tight ends more often than not miss than hit. Um, if you don't have some of the top tight ends, you're almost better off uh, picking a new one up every week based on matchup. That being said, I think of all of the tight ends that you could get around these rounds. I think Goddard has the highest ceiling um, just because we don't know how Hurts and the Eagles are going to look this year. Um, and Goddard has shown that he can be a big play tight end. There's not a lot of those um, that win with athleticism. George Kittle would be one. Um, and then Kyle Pitts is a great example. Um, Dallas Goddard is a, a player that does that. And if he ends up being one of Hertz's favorite targets, I think he could be really good. I just worry about that because the Eagles have shown a tendency to run the ball. On top of that, when you have a quarterback that runs the ball as much as Hertz does, that just hurts targets for his receivers. Um, and then lastly, the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown, um, further muddying uh, the waters for who's going to get the ball. So all that is to say that I don't like the Goddard pick. However, I do see a world in which it could be a very good pick. Um, after Goddard, he took Hunter Renfro, who I really like. Um, I think is a good value and a consistent player. Um, he's got playmakers on his team already. And Renfro, Renfro kind of just adds a constant stream of points each week. Um, he's not going to win you a week, but he's not going to lose you a week either. So I like that pick. Um, and then he picked DeAndre Hopkins in the eighth. Um, I'm not a big fan of picking players on suspensions, especially a six-game suspension, just because in fantasy football, six games is half the regular season, where in real football... 
DeAndre Hopkins will still play 11 games. Um, for Zorbis, DeAndre Hopkins will only play half the season um, where you need every game to try to make the playoffs. So I could see a world where Zorbis narrowly misses the playoffs and makes the consolation um, and then wins the consolation on the back of Hopkins. But that's not really what you want in a successful season. Um, after that, I, I don't really like the picks that Zorbis did, um, starting with James Robinson. Um, waiting this long to take a running back when your second running back is A.J. Dillon is uh, pretty scary to me. And then on top of that, James Robinson's coming off of a rough injury. Um, and then he took Gerald Everett, who's a tight end, Tyler Higby, also a tight end, um, Albert, I'm just going to call him Albert O., for the Denver Broncos, who's also a tight end, and Kirk Cousins as a backup quarterback. Um, the, I don't think these help at all the problems that the team has at the running back position especially, and they don't help cover for Hopkins being hurt. Um, so I would have liked to see a little more chances being taken um, in the later rounds. For him, just because adding that tight end depth, especially when you invest such a high pick in Dallas Goddard, um, it kind of went against each other for me. So that being said, I gave Zorbis an uncommon grade. Um, I think this would be a piece of gear that has BIS stats and you would be very excited to have it, but then you would remember that you're leveling your character and you'd replace it anyway after about an hour. Um, and why Zorbis will win the league is because He's a sweet baby angel, and he deserves only the best this world has to offer. Um, a side note, I love you, Sugar Muffin, and good luck. Okay, almost halfway through the draft, we get to Argy. Um, warlocked in the draft, and I, I really thought Argy had a strong draft. He started by taking Nick Chubb really early. Um, which I thought was odd. I, I prefer Joe Mixon over Chubb, um, but getting a running back early, especially when five running backs went off the board before Cooper Cup um, and then Najee Harris, if you like your guy and you like Nick Chubb, I don't see a problem with going and getting him here because um, he's certainly not going to come back to you in the second. Um so I, I don't mind it. I would have picked Mixon if it was me, but it's fine. And then picking Josh Allen in the second round, um, when I first started looking at this team, I thought I would not like it just based on those two picks alone um, because, like I said, I'm a believer in a late-round quarterback, not an early round. But Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the league. There's nothing that says he won't be the best quarterback again. The Bills are a favorite to win the Super Bowl. Um and Josh Allen is incredible. After that, he takes Cam Akers, who I think has real potential to be a dominant running back this year, barring injury. I don't think Cam Akers has been around long enough that we could start calling him injury prone like I have the other running backs, but he certainly has potential that if he can't get off to a hot start this year, he could be replaced by Daryl Henderson. That does worry me. Um, that being said, I think that if Akers hits it's a very good pick um, and a very good running back on a very good offense. And then 
the next couple picks is what I really think pushes this draft over the edge. I think the first three picks are solid, but Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen, Zach Ertz, and Rashad Bateman, I think all of these picks are high floor picks with players like Deontay Johnson and Rashad Bateman having a higher ceiling than people might give them credit for. Deontay Johnson, to me, is just very, very underrated. Um, He actually reminds me of what Antonio Brown did for the Steelers for a couple of years before he became the best receiver in the league. Um, He gets a lot of targets, and he gets a lot of receptions, and he just gets in space. And I think last year, I can check really quick, I think he had almost 100 receptions. Um, One second. Yeah, he had 107 receptions for almost 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, There are many receivers that didn't get close to that being drafted ahead of him. And I think he's getting an unfair knock just in that Ben Roethlisberger retired. Um, And he has a bad quarterback throwing to him this year. Um, That being said, I, I like it. I think Deontay Johnson is going to outplay his draft position. And I think it's one of the best picks in the draft here. Same with Adam Thielen. I think with all the attention Justin Jefferson gets and the age of Adam Thielen, he's underrated. Last year, he had 15 touchdowns, which is absolutely incredible. And I don't think there's anything that says Kirk Cousins won't continue to target him in the end zone. Um, Moving to Zach Ertz, all the things I said about DeAndre Hopkins kind of apply in reverse to Zach Ertz in that DeAndre Hopkins is out for six weeks. And Zach Ertz is not. They play on the same team, meaning that Ertz will see a lot of targets and receptions that he wouldn't see if Hopkins was on the field. And I think early in the year especially, Zach Ertz is going to be very good for the Cardinals. Um, Last year, Kyle Murray showed that he uh, liked to target Ertz even with Hopkins around. Um, So I think uh, it, it makes sense that he could be a good tight end. He was drafted right after Goddard, which I think is a bit of a reach, but at the same time, um, I see the reasoning and where he could turn out, and I think the floor is a bit higher than a kind of a home run swing like Goddard. And then finally, Rashad Bateman, I think has potential to break out as a strong wide receiver too, just because uh, Marquise Brown was traded to the Cardinals, and Rashad Bateman is kind of their guy. Um He doesn't have a lot that he's shown in the past, um, but I know when he came out um, to get drafted, I really did like him as a rookie. After that, I like the depth here. Um, Taking Devin Singletary, that could be a starting running back for one of the best teams in football, the Bills, in the eighth round. Um, That's a great shot to take. Um, Sky Moore is a receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a rookie. Um, And with Tyreek Hill leaving, um, always a shot to turn into something. Um, I do think rookies take a bit longer to kind of turn on in the season. So having to wait that out might be rough. But um, other than that, I really like it. And then finally, um, finishing with a couple more rookies and high upside players like Irv Smith, um, Jalen Tolbert for the Cowboys, and Zamir White. Um, At the end of the day, I give Argy... Um, probably the lowest possible grade of epic. I think if this was a piece of gear um, 
in the game, it would have maybe one of the stats be Biss, um, and eventually it would be upgraded. Um, but right off the bat, if you're getting this week one or two of a patch, you're very happy. And I think this draft is good, uh, mainly because it is very solid. Why he will win the league this year is because all the time he took to make his picks was spent actually making pretty good draft decisions. So um, good job with that. All right, we're officially halfway through, um, and we'll get to the next uh, draft, which was Devastator. Um, Devastator started with Najee Harris and then picked Patrick Mahomes. And this looks really similar to Argy's draft um, in that they could have swapped players in their positions and um, be pretty much in the same spot. Basically, everything I said about um, Argy's draft applies to Devastator's draft. I think Harris is a fine running back. Um, I do prefer um, Chubb, and really I prefer Mixon over both of them, but at the same time, um, if you like your guy, my guy in this case is Mixon. If they like Harris or Chubb as much as I like Mixon, I can really see an argument for any of them. And then Patrick Mahomes is great. We know he's great. I like Allen more for the running ability, but um, Patrick Mahomes after Allen is how I have them as well with Herbert uh, third. I think Herbert is closer to Mahomes than Mahomes is to Allen. Um, but anyway, and then he, uh, Devastator picked A.J. Brown, who is the receiver that was traded to the Eagles that I talked about um, for Dallas Goddard. He picks Cortland Sutton, um, Dalton Schultz, the tight end for the Cowboys, and then finally D.K. Metcalf for the Seahawks. Um, I like all of these picks right here. Cortland Sutton, I think, has a legitimate possibility of being a top 12 wide receiver for Russell Wilson. Um I know all of the fantasy analysts right now really, really love Court, Cortland Sutton. And I have a tendency to, when everyone's zigging, I like to zag. That being said, um, getting Cortland Sutton and the potential that he has in the fourth round is what makes him so appealing to me. Um, we have players like Devontae Adams and CeeDee Lamb going in the second in kind of similar positions. And Cortland Sutton has shown he is every bit of player... Um, at least a C.D. Lamb. Comparing him to Devontae Adams might be a little much, um, but with Adams moving to the Raiders and then Russell Wilson coming to throw the ball to Sutton uh, in Denver, I I mean, getting Sutton in the fourth versus either of those guys in the second um, seems like a good deal to me. Dalton Schultz, I think, um, is a better tight end than people give him credit for. I don't think when you watch Dalton Schultz that he does anything special. Um, other than he gets targeted by Dak Prescott all the time. Um, I don't think Dalton Schultz is going to win you on a big, win you the game on a big play, like someone like Kelsey or Kittle or Pitts would. Um, but I do think he's a really consistent tight end who will end the year, um, with like 80 receptions, 800 yards and, uh, eight touchdowns, something like that. Um, cause I think he will just get targeted, uh, especially early in the season because Dallas has had some injuries. And then finally getting DK Metcalf in the six, um, is just insane value to me again. Um, suffering from what a lot of these players who go in the middle rounds suffer from, um, great player on a bad team. And I think value gets misjudged 
Uh, when you have a player like this on a bad team, uh, people tend to avoid them because they want high-scoring offenses. But if this is the only thing available, even for the bad team, he's still a great player. And, as I said before, bad teams tend to be losing, and teams that are losing throw the ball. And DK Metcalf is a wide receiver, so he benefits from garbage time. And I think he benefits from garbage time more than other receivers just because he is um, a freak of nature athlete and really doesn't need much space to uh, get a long touchdown. So all of that being said, I really like his wide receiver core in A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, and DJ Metcalf. Um, I think it has a solid floor and has weak winning potential with big plays um, from Metcalf. Um, his second running back is Miles Sanders, who I don't like as a second running back, but I think the consistency he got from the other picks helps. Um, and then finally, one of my favorite picks on his team is Alan Lazard, who is another wide receiver. Um, but in our league, we have three wide receiver positions, so you could actually start all four of the receivers I've talked about. And Alan Lazard has potential to be the wide receiver one for the Green Bay Packers. So while I think Miles Sanders is a weakness, I think all the wide receiver picks that go with it is a strength. Um, after that, he takes Dak Prescott, Ju uh, Julio Jones, Hunter Henry, Jarvis Landry, um, and then only a third running back in Jamal Williams. And I would say the only real weakness I see in the team here is that he has three running backs, but I think the three running backs he has are good enough that Miles Sanders will see enough play to get points each week, as will Jamal Williams. Um, and it will get him enough point, points similar to Dalton Schultz in that um, it will prevent him from losing and allow his really strong wide receivers and quarterback to win him the week. His last pick um, kind of made me chuckle. Uh, it's Odell Beckham Jr., who's currently not on a team. And with that, I'll go into the grade. I give um, Devastator a grade of epic, and I think that if he was a piece of gear in the game, he would be a best-in-slot item. Why he will win is because Odell Beckham Jr. is going to use his Bitcoin to travel back in time to 2016 and actually become a good player again. Um, and if he did that, I would assume that he would sign with the Buccaneers. So, yeah. Um, we're going to go right into Alex's team, who's Gil in the, uh, in the league. His first two picks are my favorite pair of round one and round two picks in the entire draft. Um, he went Cooper Cup and then Devontae Adams. I think this has the potential to be the best pair of receivers in the draft. And that's a pretty obvious statement considering Cooper Cup was a wide receiver one last year, and I want to say Devontae Adams was a wide receiver two or three. Um, but Devontae Adams slips way into the second round simply because he switched teams to the Raiders. And I think that he still has the potential to be close to the player he was in Green Bay. And with the seventh pick in the second round, I think that's a great place to uh, take that chance. I think Devontae Adams has one of the highest floors of any player um, in the draft, honestly. Um, and then you get a player like Cooper Cup, who was breaking records last year. I just think it's a no-brainer to put them together. The other thing here 
is that a lot of people don't like going wide receiver, wide receiver in the first and second round simply because it leaves you stranded at the running back position. And we've seen that in the other teams that I've talked about. All the teams that took an early tight end or an early quarterback, which I believe was five of the six teams I've talked about, I have all talked to, I've talked that all of them have issues with depth at the running back position. That being said, the third round pick that Alex had in James Conner um, is such a good pick. Um, James Conner, I think, is another player that's underrated um, and put up great numbers last year, and watching him play looked incredible. He's had injury problems in the past, but last year was able to stay on the field. He still had the typical nagging injuries that he's kind of been known for lately. Um, but the important thing was he was able to play. The other thing is the Cardinals really showed almost frustratingly so that when they get in the red zone, they are just going to run the ball over and over and over again. And James Conner was a huge um, beneficiary of that last year. And I don't see that changing. Um, they let Chase Edmonds go, who was a great one-two punch with Connor last year and actually started as the starter till James Connor took that over. Um, and I just really love James Connor in the third round um, here, especially pairing him with Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. Taking Russell Wilson in the fourth, I'm not going to uh, keep repeating myself over and over, um, but taking quarterback early to me is rough. That being said, the first three picks are very strong. Um, and you know, make it less of a bad pick, I guess. Um, and then again, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but his fifth round pick was TJ Hawkinson, a tight end. So going quarterback and then tight end, um, makes it tough to get depth at the running back and wide receiver position simply because you push the priority down so much in rounds, um, where you start having to take bigger and bigger swings. I think in the future, um, when people are picking if you want a player like Russell Wilson or you want a player like TJ Hawkinson, you almost have to choose between one or the other because taking them back to back again can just kind of uh, water down your depth a bit. After that, he took Antonio Gibson, um, running back, um, Elijah Moore. I had to make sure his name was Elijah because I wasn't sure. Um, he took Elijah Moore, the wide receiver for the Jets, and then he took a backup tight end in Pat Fryermuth. Um, at the time of the draft, I did not like the Antonio Gibson pick, but after the tragedy that Rules' team endured with uh, Brian Robinson being a victim of a carjacking and getting shot, um, Antonio Gibson benefits from that as funny as that is to say in a fantasy standpoint and that um he should get more carries jd mckissick still plays for the commanders and uh could be a problem but gibson has shown he is a really good player um he does catch passes he's a good running back i just worry that they have not really shown the last couple of years that they want to commit to him and they want to do kind of a committee approach. So that does worry me. That being said, getting Gibson um, 
in the middle of the sixth round is pretty pretty good value for me for what he could be. Um, Elijah Moore was a great rookie last year. He's kind of overshadowed by the really, really crazy good rookie seasons that we had um, with Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, um, and I think I'm forgetting uh, one more, but there it was kind of a historic rookie wide receiver season and Elijah Moore played for a really bad team in the Jets and he didn't really turn it on until the end of the season and like I said uh, earlier with some picks is I really like to target players that turn it on at the end of the season or in the playoffs um, because that's where you want to see them perform um, That that's their latest what they put on tape uh, for what they're able to do so I do like Elijah Moore a lot. Zach Wilson got hurt in the preseason, but I think he'll be back. Um, and Elijah Moore produced without Zach Wilson last year anyway. So um, all of that contributes to the fact that I think he's a, a very good pick here. And having Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams as your first two wide receivers makes a pick like Elijah Moore really, really good. Um, because if he turns out to be better than his draft position that's the kind of pick that can push your team over the top. The Pat Fryermuth pick I did not like, um, simply for the same reasons I've said before, and doubling up on tight end um, really hurts your depth. And then after that, he took Michael Carter, um, the starter for the Jets right now at running back, but I think everybody knows that Brees Hall will be the real starter, um, and he went quite a few rounds earlier to Bean. Um, and then Alex took George Pickens, a rookie wide receiver. Um, Rashad White, a rookie running back for the Buccaneers. Isaiah Pancheco, a rookie running back um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and then finished it up with the stack of Marvin Jones, Jaguars wide receiver, with Trevor Lawrence, the, his quarterback. I like all these rookie picks, but... Like I've said before, rookies take a while to develop. And I think in fantasy football, early production is the most important production. So I like trying to take players that I know a little bit more about them. Um, but getting rookie running backs always has the potential to win you the, you know, give you really good value simply because if their starting running back gets hurt, they could jump in and produce right away. Um, so I think if Alex gets some help uh, by the football gods and his players end up starting early rather than late, his team will be very strong. Um, and I think his team will be very strong just on the back of his first three picks alone. So all of that contributes to the grade I will give his team is a rare and I think if he was a piece of, if this team was a piece of gear in the game, it would be one of those crafted BOEs that you can buy on the auction house to boost your eye level early in the patch and you can target stats. Um, so a very good piece. Why he will win the league this year is because he is Space Jesus, the Leeson Al Gaib, and it is his destiny. So good luck. Okay. Now, this is the granddaddy of drafts right here, the round five, um, and that's Frilly's team. 
I really love the first, I would say, 11, 12 picks of Frilly's draft. So let's just run through these really quick. She went Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, into Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddell, and Brandon Cooks. All of these players are proven players that either have crazy consistency like Keenan Allen um, and Jalen Waddell or have really big play potential like Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. Um, on top of that, Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones play for fairly good offenses, fairly good for Dalvin Cook, very good for uh, Aaron Jones. The only thing hurting Aaron Jones right now is Aaron Dillon, um, but I I really like Aaron Jones in the second here um, just because he's shown what he can do. Um, but the receiver core with Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, and Brandon Cooks is about the most consistent group of wide receivers you could probably get. One little concern there is there isn't a lot of big play potential, but I think Aaron Jones and Dalvin give you that big play potential. And then the quarterback that she has um, with Joe Burrow adds to that. Joe Burrow last year proved uh, several different weeks that he can win a week all by himself. Um, and having weapons like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins allows him to do that. So I really like Joe Burrow with this team just because you needed someone with a bit of a higher, higher ceiling. And Joe Burrow has that. Um, the seventh round really reached a bit and took Damian Pierce but Damian Pierce is one of the best players I think to reach for um, he was I don't know if he was officially named the starter but he he is the starter for the Texans and he's had uh, one of the best preseasons out of all the players um, this year and he's looked really good um, James Robinson in the past has proven that a rookie late round running back on a bad team can still be a great fantasy player. And I think Damian Pierce compares to, uh, compares to him quite well. And then her tight end pick Dawson Knox is just a great pick to go along with the consistency in that Dawson Knox has huge upside games where he gets multiple touchdowns. So I think this team has a great balance of consistency at wide receiver and running back with big play potential from some of the role players like Joe Burrow, Dawson Knox, and then um, at the running back position. She got some depth at running back with Melvin Gordon, who uh, last year split carries with Javante Williams and looks to continue to split carries. He's also in a contract year, which I don't usually read that much into, but uh, you can take that for what it's worth. A lot of people like to target contract your players because they're kind of playing for their next job. Um, and Malvin Gordon has always uh, been consistently good in his career and somewhat underrated. Um, combine that with the fact that the Broncos look to be pretty good uh, after getting Russell Wilson. I think Melvin Gordon could benefit from some garbage time touchdowns or just getting the ball more when they're up to give Javante Williams a break. So I really like that. And then Philly's last five picks were spent the way I like to spend them in 
risky players that have a chance to in week one or two explode and be very very good or you can see what they are and drop them for waivers um, and that starts with Kadarius Tony. he looked good in the games he played last year and looked very explosive he's not had a good camp or preseason he's been hurt um, but he is a playmaker and if he comes in week one and looks very good Getting him in the 10th is fantastic. Um, her backup for Joe Burrow is Trey Lance. Typically, I don't like taking a backup quarterback, but of all the late quarterbacks for upside, Trey Lance probably has the most um, with his running ability. So being able to hold Trey Lance and see um, what he is um, in the first couple weeks, having a good starter like Burrow, I just really like that with the strength of this team. Um, and then finally finishing up with Jahan Dotson, um, rookie running back, or excuse me, rookie wide receiver for the Commanders, Khalil Herbert, um, a backup for the Bears, and then Austin Hooper um, for the Titans. I don't think these picks are crazy, but in terms of what they are, I actually really like them for 12, 13, and 14 picks all for different reasons. Jahan Dotson is probably the most underrated first-round rookie wide receiver. I would guess that even people listening to this that know their football may have forgotten that he was a first-round wide receiver. Um, And especially recently, wide receivers have been very good their rookie year, especially first-rounders. So um, there's always a chance that Carson Wentz really likes him. Um, and having a player like Terry McLaurin on the other side only helps that. Um, Khalil Herbert is a backup if Montgomery goes down. They fed Herbert the ball quite a bit last year, so he could get a starting role um, if something should happen. And then finally, Austin Hooper is the opposite of Dawson Knox in that if you need consistent points and not the boom bust of Knox, Hooper is going to get a ton of targets this year and will be a great floor option. So all said and done, Frilly, to me, had one of the best drafts of the entire league, and I would give her a grade of epic. It is a bis item with a socket and a useful tertiary stat. Hey, calm your tits. Well, maybe I'm exaggerating a bit, but... I really do like her draft and why she will win is because frankly, Frazier deserves this. Um, Yeah. All right. The next team is my team and I tried to do the best I could to be impartial. Um, I started with Austin Eckler and then I went to uh, Javante Williams in the second. Um, I like both of these running backs, obviously, because I picked them. Um, But both of these running backs um, are kind of similar type backs in that they're not huge dudes, but they're quick playmakers. I don't think they're going to get 20 to 25 carries in games ever, Um, but they they make big plays, and Austin Eckler especially catches a lot of passes. Um, The wide receiver core I really like in Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, and Marquise Brown. The only problem I have with it is all three of these players are kind of speedster big play types. So I could definitely see weeks where combined they score 80 points and other weeks where combined they score 10. Um, And that can be risky sometimes. Um, 
I took Jalen Hurts in the sixth right after Joe Burrow. Um, I don't really like that pick. Um, I know that I picked it, but I like Jalen Hurts as a player, but taking a quarterback this early um, ended up being a necessity simply because there was not um, any running backs available. Um, So I do like Hurts, but picking him this early um, kind of, no pun intended, hurt. Um, I took Gabe Davis after that, who I think will be a great wide receiver for the Bills this year. Um, He had a four-touchdown game in the playoffs, over 200 yards, and looked fantastic. Uh, Judging on what I've said about other players, that means he finished the year strong, and I really like him. Um, On top of that, they didn't sign anybody to compete with him this year, kind of locking him into the opposite role of Stefan Diggs. He's playing with the best quarterback in football, probably on the best team in football. Um, and he's a big dude who scores touchdowns, so I really like him, especially in the seventh. Um, and then to finish the draft, I ended up getting a lot of backup running backs. Um, Damian Harris went next. Damian Harris could be the starter for the Patriots, but will more more than likely split carries with Ramondre Stevenson and likely get a lot of his touchdowns sniped by him. Um, that being said, I think he's a fine third running back behind Eckler and Williams. Chris Olave is a rookie uh, wide receiver for the Saints. Um, I think he's the same as the other first-round rookie wide receivers in that. He has a potential to be very good, but uh, we'll likely have to wait a, a couple weeks or halfway through the season to see that. Um, and then strong backups and Daryl Henderson and Madison, both are good running backs who have been good backups for years. Um, they've shown when they do get to come into the game, they are serviceable, um, but still are second string running backs. Um, but they play for good offenses. And if um, Cam Akers ends up going down or Dalvin Cook ends up going down, Henderson or Madison respectively um, could benefit from that. Um, and then ending the draft, Romeo Dobbs, Kenneth Gainwell, and Hayden Hurst. Nothing sexy about the picks, but all the same notes of other late-round picks in that. They're in positions where if something were to happen on the depth chart, they could be the beneficiaries of that. Um, at the end of the day, I gave my draft a rare grade. Um, I think it's a slightly more expensive crafted BOE. Um Similar to Alex's grade, but I think this piece of gear in the game would be a little more expensive because it has something like avoidance on it. Um, and why I will win is because if I don't, Courtney will just make everyone else feel bad and say that you guys are being mean to me by not letting me win. Um, so if you don't want that to happen, um, just make sure what needs to happen happens. Okay, three to go. Probably the review I'm most dreading is this one. It's Frazier's team. I know probably at 6 a.m. I'm going to have a notification of Frazier telling me why I'm wrong about everything that I say, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, But I do think that he started the draft strong. I love Derrick Henry third over Eckler and Cook. I like that he wasn't afraid of the injury last year. Derrick Henry's a freak of nature. 
Derrick Henry has an argument to be, um, if not second overall, even first overall. Um, I think people forget that the Titans were the first overall seed last year and have a very good team. On top of that, they traded A.J. Brown, leaning even harder on Derrick Henry as their offensive weapon. Um, and I think that he is going to eat. Um, I do not think Derrick Henry is going to last many years beyond this, but he's 28 right now. He's coming off an ankle injury that isn't like an ACL or a knee or anything. I don't think there's any risk of it being something that maybe hampers him over years like Saquon Barkley. I think it's uh, more of just a we won't even notice that it happened, and I, I really like Derrick Henry. Um, following that up with Mike Evans and Ezekiel Elliott, um, both are strong players, similar to Henry, and that they've been good for years. Um, Zeke got slightly worse after the draft just because the left tackle for the Cowboys, Tyron Smith, is out for the year, and he's kind of the anchor of that team's offensive line. That being said, I, I still like Zeke, and I am a uh, not ashamed to say that I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, Zeke was hurt all last year, and I think it hurt his production quite a bit. We do have Tony, or the Cowboys do have Tony Pollard, um, who does come in and take series away from Zeke. But Zeke has shown he can catch the ball. And with Dallas not having a lot of running backs, I think especially early in the season, um, Zeke's low ceiling will be padded by a high four just because he's going to catch um, three to five passes a game, especially uh, until Michael Gallup comes back. Um, so I do like that pick. Um, George Kittle for the tight end. I actually like this pick over Darren Waller, and that's what Frazier did. Um, Kelsey went first, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, and then the draft uh, went almost a full round of picks until the next tight end. And the popular pick after Pitts has been Waller. Um, but I think... Kittle is the correct pick, so I love it. Kittle has huge play potential. He can take over games and win weeks. He's had injury issues, but it's just because of the way he plays. Um, he does not go down, and I really like him to have a bounce-back year this year. And even when he's been hurt, um, he's shown that when he can play, he does play. Um, so I'm not as scared of his injuries as I am other players, just because George Kittle, if he can play, he will. Um, the next pick was J.K. Dobbins, another player who was hurt last year. I would initially be scared of drafting someone like J.K. Dobbins, but when you have two running backs that are as consistent as Henry and Elliott, I absolutely love the pick J.K. Dobbins, um, just because Frazier can afford to sit and wait and see what Dobbins does in the first couple weeks. Um, see what kind of work he gets for the Ravens. And he could absolutely finish the year as a top 12 running back on the team that runs the ball more than anybody else, the Baltimore Ravens. So I like that. Similar um, similar picks with Juju Smith-Schuster and Michael Thomas. Um, I don't think that Juju has the ceiling that everyone was hoping he had when he played for the Steelers. 
But I do think he will be a value for the Chiefs because he'll get to play his more natural position of being kind of a slot receiver, high volume guy. And I think getting him in the end of the six here is is just good value. Um, he goes, he gets to pair nicely with Mike Evans because Mike Evans is kind of a big play guy, and I just like the combination of those two receivers. On top of that, having Michael Thomas come back, if Michael Thomas returns to form, um, he could make a pretty deadly combination of receivers on this team. And then finally, um, we had picks like Drake London, the first rookie wide receiver taken in the draft, um, Tyler Boyd, Russell Gage, um, and Sammy Watkins. These are all players that, for their team, um, likely won't do too much, but have a potential to, if there's an injury or something, or early in the year, could take over a role and be good value picks, and that's what you're trying to do um, in the draft in the late rounds. Um, so I like them. Matt Stafford's is QB. Frazier's QB. Um, and I don't mind Stafford, but getting him in the ninth is fine. Um, and if he's not afraid to drop him, I think having Stafford for a couple weeks and then starting to stream quarterbacks is a good strategy. So if that's the plan, Stafford is a good pick. The last pick was Chuba Hubbard. He's the backup for the Panthers. Um, if Christian McCaffrey goes down, Chuba is a good pick here. But frankly, I Chuba didn't really see that much last year when McCaffrey was out for the whole year. I know he did have good weeks from time to time, but he doesn't have the upside of someone like Madison or Henderson as a backup. So after all that, I would say um, for Frazier's grade, I give him a rare grade. And I think he would be kind of heroic dungeon level loot. As you reach max level, you're very happy to have this loot and you'll use it to step forward. The only thing that prevents me from giving him an epic, because I know right now he's probably screaming at the radio because I just got done saying how much I loved his team. The only thing holding it back from an epic is the big question marks that come with Ezekiel Elliott, Juju Smith-Schuster, Drake London, Michael Thomas. All these players have potential to be fantastic George Kittle on top of that but all of them have equally as much risk in being almost completely irrelevant on their team so that was the only thing that stopped me from giving him an epic is that does worry me um and and J.K. Dobbins too all these players that I just mentioned have a legit potential to get almost completely replaced on their own team or just get injured for the year based on their history. Um, I don't like to analyze anything based on assuming injury, but a lot of these players have a history for it. Why he will win is because winning only six tokens instead of 12 is going to make him even madder than the league having a consolation prize. Um, So at least if he wins, we will get to enjoy that. The second to last team I'm going to review is Rules' team. Um, Rules had a really strong start to his draft. Christian McCaffrey into Mark Andrews into Debo Samuel um, is great. Christian McCaffrey could be the first overall pick. He's had injury concerns the last two years, but 
in the games that he's played, every single game that he's played, even in the years he's been hurt, he has been phenomenal. So even if he is hurt, we know when he plays, he is a weak winning running back and not even close to being, I mean, everyone knows he's the best running back. The only thing that makes him slip to the second pick is that he's been hurt the last two years. So um, it's about as good as it gets. Mark Andrews um, is a great pick here, especially where rules got him. Travis Kelsey went at the end of the first. Um, rules gets Mark Andrews right before um, Jelly gets to pick. I think if he doesn't pick Andrews here, Jelly takes him. And because he has McCaffrey and he's going to get C.D. Lamb or Debo back, I love the strategy of taking um, a top tight end here. When you're on the ends of the draft, you tend to have to make picks like quarterback or tight end higher than you want to simply because there's so much time between your picks. Um, so I really like what Rules did in picking just one of those positions, tight end, to pick early um, because Mahomes and Allen were both gone. So I think just in terms of reading the draft, great pick. Um, and then the pick after that, Debo Samuel. Um, Debo Samuel was a wide receiver too last year, and you get him here in the third round. Um the thing driving Debo Samuel down is the uncertainty of Trey Lance and just kind of the nature of Samuel's position in that he runs the ball and plays wide receiver and has had injury history. That being said, last year he played um, the whole season and looked great, looked like he could hold up to the workload. Um, and he's still, I, I want to say he's 25. Yeah, he's 26. He's still young. Um, so I think this is the year where you get Samuel at a discount and next year would be the year that you overpay for Samuel and that production is gone. So I think hitting that window here, um, is good. Now the next couple of picks are good. Not great to me. David Montgomery, I do like, but he, he is basically the epitome of good, not great running back. I think that changes if the Bears end up taking a step forward this year, which is possible. Um, but I would put my money on the Bears being what they are and Montgomery being what he is, which would be a 1,000-yard rusher, six touchdowns, uh, middle of the pack, top 20 running back, but not close to the top 10, um, and being fine. Pairing him with McCaffrey is fine here, um, and, and giving up that value for Andrews works. Um, so it is what it is. You can't have all the good players uh, based on the, the way the rounds fall out. Um, but I think he's fine. Um, Jerry Judy and Amon-Ra, the sun god, St. Brown, um, are both fine picks, but... Taking Jerry Judy in the fifth seems very high to me. I think Rules might like Jerry Judy, um, the potential that he presents similar to Cortland Sutton and that he could be the wide receiver one for Russell Wilson. Um, but taking him, um, what would it be? Taking him just seven picks after Sutton just seems too high to me. Um, and I would much rather have players that came after Judy and Brandon Cooks, um, Adam Thielen, or Marquise Brown over Judy there. 
Um, so I think that's a bit of a miss, but Judy does have the potential to hit and be the the number one wide receiver for Russell Wilson, so I can see the logic there. Um, Tom Brady is a great pick. Chase Edmonds is one of the best late-round running backs I think he could have gotten. Um, it makes his David Montgomery pick a lot better. Um, just because Chase Edmonds, I think, will be a real value for the Dolphins. Um, he's going to play under a coordinator that he chose to play under. Um, and we saw the head coach uh, for the Dolphins, whose name is slipping my mind right now, he was the coordinator for the Niners who used running backs just like Chase Edmonds. So I think Chase Edmonds will be quite good. Um, getting two wide receivers after that in Christian Kirk and um, Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Um, both of these receivers, I think, have really nice value in that Christian Kirk will – will be the number one wide receiver for his team in Jacksonville. And if Jacksonville or Trevor Lawrence himself can just take a tiny step forward, um, I think he'll finish above where rules drafted him, which makes him a good pick. And then Marquez Valdez Scanling um, is in a position where he could become the poor man's version of Tyreek Hill for Patrick Mahomes. So taking that gamble in the 10th round is great. The last couple of picks are kind of throwaway picks to me. Um, Brian Robinson, of course, is a mulligan um, in that he had a freak accident happen. Rondale Moore I do like, um, but he has not looked good in the preseason, and it looks like he won't even play week one. Um, so it's kind of rough to have to hold a 12th round pick um, during the most important waiver week of week one. Um, you might have to drop Rondale Moore without even having seen him play, um, which is tough. Isaiah McKenzie is the slot receiver for the Bills. And I think he's a fine player, but um, I don't think with the amount of mouse to feed on the Bills that he can do enough to be rosterable. And then finally, I think the pick that kind of saved uh, the Brian Robinson pick was Rules uh, took J.D. McKissick who will kind of shore up the role that Brian Robinson had. So getting him in the 14th round is a really nice pick um, because J.D. McKissick will certainly be going around where Brian Robinson was. Um, so it's almost like he got a do-over with his Brian Robinson pick. Um, I gave rules an uncommon slash rare grade, which again sounds low for the praise that I was giving the team, but this team, I cannot emphasize enough, lives and dies so much on Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel staying healthy. Um, and not just one of them staying healthy, both of them staying healthy. So I think this is a high risk, high reward team. This is legitimately a team that I could see being a super team if all the dominoes fall down accordingly. Um, and I think it's a really nice draft. I also think that rules from his position did about as good as he could have, barring the the Jerry Judy pick. Adding someone like Brandon Cooks to this team instead of Judy would make would push it above just a little bit for me. Why he will win? Because dark rules has now been unleashed upon us all, and we will rue the day that we ever decided to exaggerate how long he took to make one of his picks. He is coming. You have been warned.
Okay. Our last uh, team that I will go over is Jelly's team. Jelly had the first overall pick because he's a lucker dog, and he took uh, he took Jonathan Taylor um, with that pick, which is pretty chalk. Um, and then he didn't have a pick again uh, until the twenty fourth pick, where he took CD Lamb. I talked about Debo Samuel already, so I won't uh, talk about him again. But I like Samuel over Lamb. I'm a Cowboys fan. I am a little scared of where CD Lamb is going right now because I don't see him as a big play producing wide receiver one. However, I would love, absolutely love to be proven wrong. Um, just having CD Lamb as your wide receiver one um, scares me a little bit because he did show a tendency last year to have games where he disappears. Um, and I really don't like my top wide receiver on my team to be someone that can disappear completely from a game. Um, that being said, the third year for a wide receiver is the best year to gamble on them. Um, that is the year where wide receivers figure it out. Um, so jelly could have a really great, um, receiver in CD without the injury risk that, uh, Debo presents. Um, his second running back he took in the third, Leonard Fournette. I absolutely love Leonard Fournette as a running back, too. Um, he's one of my favorite players to target. Um, he kind of gets forgotten about, um, but he will be one of the biggest beneficiaries for um, the Buccaneers kind of getting off to a slow start with some of their receivers being hurt. Um, I really think they're going to lean on Fournette very hard, um, and they showed that by letting Ronald Jones go. And at the end of last year, Leonard Fournette was an absolute animal, um, getting 20 to 25 carries in games and just looking like a workhorse running back. Um, so him, along with Jonathan Taylor, Jelly might have two of maybe the five or six handful of running backs that are really guaranteed almost every touch on their team, um, or 90% of them at the running back position. And that's kind of the odds game that you want to play. He took Darren Waller next, which I think is a fine pick, but Darren Waller scares me a little bit because right now he's in uh, contract negotiation mode, um, and he hasn't really been practicing or playing too much. Um, on top of that, Darren Waller did not look super great last year because Derek Carr did not force feed him the ball like he had in the past. And I think that only becomes more of a problem because the Raiders got Devontae Adams. Um, on top of that, Hunter Renfro showing up last year as being a really good slot receiver, I think all combines to make Waller riskier than he has been in the past. He has a solid floor, um, but not as solid as it has been. So picking him at the end of the fourth over George uh, Kittle... Or no, excuse me, I got that wrong. He picked uh, Waller after Kittle. I think picking him that high is okay, um, but I do have worries about Waller, and I think there's a really clear separation um, between Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and then Pitts and Kittle um, down to Waller. I would almost rather have Dalton Schultz then Waller simply because you can get a two round discount on Schultz and I think they'll be the same player. Um, the next picks that Jelly had were Josh Jacobs, 
who normally I don't like, but as a third running back, I love um, pairing him with Fournette and Taylor. Um, getting someone like Josh Jacobs, I think, gives you some nice depth at the position. Two rounds after that, he picked up a similar player in Cordero Patterson, and that Patterson may not be a great running back one or two on your team, but having him as your fourth running back um, is just insanely good depth um, for two already strong running backs, and both of them are great flex candidates for good matchups uh, where they're favored to win. Um, helping out C.D. Lamb in the 6th and the 7th, uh, Jelly took Darnell Mooney for the Bears, who looked great last year. He's going into his third year along with uh, C.D. Lamb. And like I said before, third year is the year to target um, wide receivers. That's when they usually make their biggest jump. And um, Justin Fields is coming off his rookie year. And if he takes a step forward, um, Mooney could really benefit from that. Um, so even though getting a wide receiver in the sixth round as your wide receiver two is general, uh, generally a weak receiver, I think the upside for Mooney is really good for that value. Um, Amari Cooper is not a sexy pick. I think a lot of people think Amari Cooper is a lot worse than he is, but if Amari Cooper is anything, um, he is consistent. He's good for a thousand yards. He's good for six to eight touchdowns. It's not always pretty in how he does it and that he'll put up zeros sometimes. Um, and he does have injury concerns all the time, but if he can play, he plays. And at the end of the year, he kind of balances out his inconsistency by being consistently explosive every year and having a week, uh, a week winning game. So I do like Cooper, um, as the third receiver here. Um, for quarterback, Jelly got Aaron Rodgers. He got Michael Gallup. If Michael Gallup comes back right off the pup in the first four weeks, I think he's a good pick. Um, I would not hold him longer than that. However, um, if I started hearing uh, anything about Michael Gallup taking longer to come back, I would drop him. Um, getting a good upside uh, rookie running back on a really good offense in James Cook uh, for the Bills. Um DJ Tark in the 12th, I actually really like as a potential really nice value pick. Simply that we don't know what's going to happen with the Lions aside from Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, it's very possible that DJ Tark comes in and even becomes the wide receiver one over Amon Ra. Um, so... I like taking the chance on that, and DJ Chark has been good on a bad team already with uh, Jacksonville for a number of years, um, and Jared Goff is still able to um, throw the ball in garbage time. Um, so I do like DJ Chark, and then he rounded that the rest of his draft out with Miko Hardman and uh, the rookie Tyrion Davis-Price. Tyrion Davis-Price is a probably one of the best last picks of the entire draft that you could get simply because after the draft the 49ers released his main competition um which was their rookie last year um i can't remember his name off the top of my head but that alone brings him his value up because he plays for the 49ers the 49ers always run the ball 
Um, it doesn't matter who's running the ball. If they get carries, they produce. Um, a birdie just whispered in my ear that the player I was searching for is Trey Sermon. Um, and, yeah, Tyrion uh, Davis-Price will take the role of Trey Sermon. And um, if anything happens to Elijah Mitchell, um, Jeff Wilson or anything, um, having the upside that Davis-Price has and just the guarantee that any running back starting for the Niners is good, that alone uh, is a good enough reason to roster him. The grade I'd give Jelly's team is our last grade of epic. However, um, I do think that this would be kind of like an epic in the way that it's an LFR version of your fourth tier piece. You're very thankful to get it. It's a huge power upgrade, but, but it will be replaced. Um, and that mainly stems from the question marks at wide receiver um, with C.D. Lamb and Darnell Mooney. I don't think you have any guarantee of production there, um, but you do have immense upside, which I really like. And D.J. Tark, I think, is a, is a really sneaky good upside pick as well. Why he will win? It's because Jelly didn't actually draft his team at all. Charlie did. Um, Jelly was driving, and I'm on to you, Charlie. Okay, so that will do it for the draft review. I know that was very long, so if you made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Now, we are going to move on to our last segment, which is the awards show. Um, and it's time for our preseason cream of the crop awards sponsored by the macho man Randy Savage. But the cream. Thank you, Randy. Okay, our first award is the Black Noir Award, which recognizes greatness in the area of not speaking or communicating in any way. And this goes to Bean for excellence and never really typing in Discord or Sleeper. The cream of the crop! Our next award is the Wow That's Kind of Aggressive Bro Award, um, which recognizes greatness in the area of slightly surprising demonstrations of aggression and passion. And that goes to Rules Unclear for excellence at yelling at people when it's their turn to pick, as well as frequently dunking on them with phrases like, when you snooze, you lose. The cream of the crop! Our next award is the Maycorn is a bitch in all caps award, which recognizes greatness in the area of calling Maycorn a bitch using only capital letters. This goes to Frazier for excellence in reminding Maycorn that he is indeed a bitch. The cream of the crop. Got him. He did get him. Good, good uh, job pointing that out, Anda. And finally, our last award is the Academic Achievement Award, which recognizes greatness in the area of academic success during the draft. And this goes to Frilly for excellence in reminding everyone um, that she has studying to do instead of actually studying. The cream of the crop. A special congratulations does go to Jelly for breaking the all-time record for draft selections while driving. Um, this was a record previously held for nine and a half years by a long-haul truck driver named The Butt Fumbler. Um, and when I asked Jelly for comment, comment on this momentous achievement, 
He said, quote, sorry, I can't talk right now. Uh, I'm driving. So congratulations to that, uh, for that, Jelly. The cream of the crop. And to all the cream of the crop award winners, your award is in the mail. Um, so look forward to getting that. And with that, I'm going to end the show. Just a quick note about future possible shows. Me and Bean um, are planning to do a weekly recap of games where we'll talk about uh, what happens that week um, with matchups as well as possible other topics like waiver pickups and things like that. For the week before the season, next week, um, we are probably going to do a quick show just with some last minute before the season tips targeting um newer players that maybe just have a couple things um that that we could remind them of uh and hopefully have some helpful tips so look forward to that lastly if you have any feedback on how this went and how i can make it better please let me know um i would love to do that i'm sorry i started losing my voice at the end but i have been talking for 80 minutes now so um, hopefully there were 80 enjoyable minutes for you, and thank you so much. I love you all. Goodbye. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hey, calm your tits.